Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. We get comments all the time on the YouTube channel. When people see what livestock we've just brought to the homestead, uh, maybe it was our most recent ones, our, our brand new beef cattle, uh, the Scottish Highland cattle, maybe it's the Cooney Cooney pigs, uh, maybe it's some rare chicken breed my son got. And half the comments say, oh man, I love those, those are amazing, I want to have them, or we have those, we love them so much. And the other half say, you're an idiot, why would you ever get that, you should have got this. That's one of the things I love about homesteading. Every one of us have a different need on our homestead, a different purpose, something that we're trying to fill, something that we're trying to do. And based off those needs, based off what we want to do with our little homestead, uh, we wind up picking all kinds of different animals, uh, different projects, different things to try. And all our homesteads end up looking so unique. They're little postage stamps all across the world filled with different animals, different plants, different projects. Today we're gonna to take a trip to a homestead that's not too far from mine. We're going to Ohio. And it's a homestead that I know you're gonna like visiting. Uh, Sarah and her husband are running an awesome homestead and I'm really impressed because they've only been at it a couple years and you would never know it looking at all the animals and all the stuff that they have here. Uh, today we got Sarah Rowe joining us. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, it's nice to be here. I'm. Uh... When I first started homesteading, uh, you were one of the uh, places I watched. Oh man, was, I love uh, hearing that. Yeah, it was you and Justin Rhodes were like my my uh, my gateway into the homestead, <laughs> especially the homestead like YouTube uh, network. Oh well, that's awesome to hear. As long as it was good advice, did it work out okay? Yeah, uh, you know, I mostly have livestock, so <laughs> <laughs> not a whole lot of dead stock. Yeah, that's the most important question I have to get right in at the beginning, Sarah. If you were to pick one animal, one animal to bet on in the wrestling ring, which homestead animal would be the best in the ring? A broody hen. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Not what I was expecting. They, are, they got nothing to lose. They're savage. <laughs> the chickens themselves are savage. So, like, if they have another reason to just not care and to risk their life to defend something uh, broody <laughs> hen for sure ray just got uh we, have, we still have some broody hens blue or not and ray still uh got his hand marked the other day by one of our uh Washingtons. i was gonna say you must have gotten somebody must got hurt recently from broody hen because that came so fast <laughs> you're ready with it <laughs> well if, for those who are watching who don't know the reason i asked sarah this uh, sarah was a professional wrestler <laughs> My 
family is from uh, the like north northeastern Kentucky area, and uh, wrestling there was a huge thing. Like we, my, it was the only thing that made my mom cuss. Like we watched it all the time, and it was never something I was like, when I grow up, I'm gonna be a wrestler because it never seemed attainable. Like it was, it was in the stars somewhere. So I, uh, I reached out to someone I knew was a wrestler. They were, it's called independent wrestling. And they were like, Hey, there's a show in your town Saturday. And I was like, first of all, there's a show in town Saturday and I'm a wrestling fan and don't know about it. That's promoting probably wasn't very good. But I went to that show and it was uh, hardcore wrestling. So they were using like light bulbs and thumbtacks and oh, all kinds of crazy stuff. And I was like, <laughs> I'm good at getting hurt. I can do this. <laughs> Four days after I graduated high school, I flew to Japan and lived in Japan for like nine months altogether um, and became a wrestler. And like everyone says, the rest is history. I grew up uh, on a farm. Um, my papa had one. They, they used to, um, they weren't like, they didn't have a lot of money. So they used to rent and lease land when my papa was growing up. Why we had, um, we had beef cows and some dairy cows real small scale though kind of like what i have here um but my family farms so much different than i farm like i had to had to argue with my papa when i first started this farm that cows can in fact be grass-fed he was like cows need corn cows need grain they they won't survive without it and i'm like <laughs> no like i you know and he actually came to my farm for the first time like two days ago and got to see everything which was cool um that my cows were in fact not dead <laughs> um, and, and I, I, I did help farm. Uh, we helped, uh, like the, they raised Herefords and, uh, and Black Angus. So there was a lot of like cooling calves and I was mainly kind of doing just kind of cleanup work. Uh, by the time the farm was kind of disbanded was about the age I was old enough to really like pull my own weight around the farm. So the farm got smaller as I got older and it became non-existent as I got older. Um, not a lot of family members kind of wanting to take over the farm. You know, they're going into other ventures and whatnot. Um, but I decided, especially after I started making money with WB, I was like, I want to pour it into the land and make our cost of living less and less each year because wrestling isn't going to be around forever. So that's ultimately why I started farming again. Getting back to my roots. And hunting was a big thing growing up with everyone. Uh, but gender roles were a big thing in my family. So a female out doing like the farm work and doing hunting was very taboo. And I really had to like fight to be able to do anything outside with everyone. That wasn't, you know, my, uh, my womanly duties. Wow. That's, that surprises me. I guess in one way it surprised me. It's something that I think a lot of people face, but, but looking at you now and having followed you guys for a while, seeing what, what a passion you have for hunting and how much, I, I think in the last couple months on your Instagram feed, every other picture you're up in a uh, harness. So, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, and it, funny enough, I'm the only one in my family that still farms and hunts like 
definitely farms, but like that still hunts like regularly. Wow. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Were you left out completely, like you never got to go hunting as a kid? I got to do like the tracking and the processing and stuff like that, and but I was never allowed to like pull the trigger um, and all my family like rifle hunted, so seasons weren't super long. Um, oh yeah, okay. Our gun hunted seasons weren't super long, so now that I bow hunt, like the first deer I actually like pulled the trigger on was for my wedding. Wow. Which was in yeah, so which was it'll be three years on the twenty on the twenty first, but um, like there's no more big lead up than that. Like my yeah. whole childhood, I've been around it and involved in it, and like I never. And you, you get that thing, like, can I pull the trigger? Like, I think I can, but when I'm up there and the deer's looking me in the face, like, am I going to be able to, <laughs> you know, go through with it? And I did. I uh, did so much, in fact, that I got my husband uh, to be an adult onset hunter, which he's, he's <laughs> more of a gear now than I am hunter. now. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I love that. I am very active with my kids, both my – well, I have a I have a pile of children – but the two that are old <laughs> enough to actually be mentored, my son is my oldest, but my daughter is just a year and change younger than him. And, you know, she has a passion for hunting. My son loves it too, but but she's an archer and um, she's like, she's got a, my son likes fishing season and hunting, so he's like torn. My daughter's all yeah, in right. on hunting. And uh, to, <laughs> to hear you know, how much all those years you were around it and saw it and you wanted to be a part of it. It's amazing to see how much it's a part of what you guys do now. And anybody who follows you on social media or, you know, watches your guys' videos sees, uh, yeah, you guys, it's part of your life. And I really like uh, when I was reading your bio on your website, you guys talked about how everything you do on your homestead, whether it's hunting, whether it's farming, it's all to just feed the family. It's all got that goal. Is that? I'm either taking care of food 
hunting for food or being food my whole <laughs> life. I still breastfeed my son. My whole life is about food. Yeah, that's pretty Constantly. good. That's about the homesteader life, right? That's about yeah. you're constantly working on food. Just this morning, we actually got in from a hunt, and uh, yeah, we're cutting up heart to get ready and tenderloin for you know for dinner I later this week, right? Yes. Yep. So you're always always. I think it like we're the only species now that our days aren't evolved around food. Like if you look at the cows or the chickens or whatever, they're either sleeping or eating or trying to get food or looking for food, and we're the only like species has kind of gone against our nature and food is just kind of like an afterthought or something someone else should worry about you know so interesting because when you think about for for a lot of human history it wasn't that way right if you think about like a hunter gatherer their whole day i mean hunter gatherer that sounds like the best kind of life you could possibly have i wish i could be just a hunter gatherer and not have to make content or nothing you know just go out there and pick (laughs) berries and shoot a deer uh, now we have to do all this other stuff, which, you know, for you, uh, you grew up, you got into doing wrestling. Tell us a little bit. How long were you a professional wrestler? Um, you know, how'd you meet your husband? Um, I, I've been professional wrestling like over a decade now, like just over 10 years. Um, I would say I'm kind of in my life bowl right now. Like no one quits professional wrestling, like wrestling quits you. Like you don't stop until <laughs> like, there's still like seven year old wrestlers that are, still falling down for a living but uh (laughs) i uh i been wrestling since 2000 uh since 2011 so it's been a freaking crazy ride like i went from like bumping on or falling on glass and thumbtacks to being in front of eighty thousand people at wrestlemania like it's really gone full circle i met my husband at wrestling um there was a company called Ring of Honor. It was back on like the independent wrestling scene. Before we got to WWE, uh, we started dating. So we've gotten, to t- we've gotten to take this kind of WWE journey together, um, which has been amazing. And I'm thankful that we both do wrestling because it's a very hard career. And it's a hard career to understand, uh, especially from like an outside perspective, like the toll it takes on your mind and your body and uh in your time it's a very time consuming job um and i'm thankful that our hobbies kind of align as well because if like ray was on the road for a week or whatever and he comes home and i hated hunting and he liked hunting he would feel pretty crappy about going to hunt when i've been alone with cash for you know a week yeah so it's cool that our hobbies also align so we can kind of do fun things together. I think that's probably been the biggest adjustment having a kid is all the things we did together. We, for a temporary amount, you know, a temporary amount of time have to do like separately because someone has to stay with cash and someone. So like, we'll still hunt, but like I hunt today and then Ray will hunt tomorrow. You know, (laughs) like we're going to try to, um, cause cash is still like exclusively breastfed. So we're going to try to, um, like finagle, a hunt because we have we have 50 acres here so we have like 30 of woods that we can hunt uh we're going to try to see if one of our moms can watch cash so we can at least have one hunt together nice. we want to put uh put the saddles both in the tree and kind of hunt on top of each other oh we, cool we'll see who gets the arrow down first 
it's a race, a race against each other. <laughs> so what made you guys decide, I mean, you're, you're in a lifestyle where you're probably traveling a lot, right? You're in different places. Yeah. What in the world made you decide, you know what, let's put roots down and start a homestead? <laughs> So people watch those like factory farming documentaries, right? Where like cows are getting, you know, every, every animal's getting mistreated. It's like dirty. It's just gross. And most people, when they watch that stuff, they're like, I shouldn't eat meat anymore. I'm going to be a vegan or vegetarian. When I watch that stuff, I'm like, I'm not going to stop eating meat. I'm going to do it in a way I think is right. I'm going to do it in the way I think is best. Um, so I farm for the same reason why people are vegetarian, because I don't like the way it's done on a large, you know, like meat industry scale. And I want what's best for my body. I want what's best for my family's body. So that's why we do grass fed, grass finished. That's why we have our own chickens. That's why we're considering getting more animals. Um, because I'm just trying to be like the healthiest I can be and especially having a kid. Like I know the struggles you guys have had uh, with like allergies and stuff because I watched the Homestead uh, <laughs> Homesteady YouTube show. Um, it's It really makes you think that like you can't trust nobody to the point where I spend all my days preparing my food because I don't trust how everyone else does it. So that's why I Homestead. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You pretty much ex- like expressed our same the same arc Kay and I took when we decided to start this lifestyle. She kind of like you did come from you know growing up around this farm stuff. Um, I did not, but yeah, that that we literally watched those documentaries and made that decision not to say okay I can never eat meat again because meat as you know working your land seeing what it does. Meat is good for the planet, right? Our animals are good for the planet. Our chickens and our cows, they make our pastures more lush and our land. Preach. Right? <laughs> it's, Preach and it, church. It's, yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's what this, uh, what the land needs. So the answer, if you like meat and if you want to eat meat, isn't, well, now I can't eat it anymore because some people do a, a bad job with it. It's, well, what can we do for ourselves and how can we do better and you guys, tell us, what do you have on the homestead uh, right now, as far as animals go, what's the extent of it? So we have seven Highland cattle. Um, we thought we had, uh, we thought we had two, three, four bulls. We have three <laughs> yeah. bulls. We found out that <laughs> one of our Mr. Krabs is a Mrs. Mr. Krabs now. Um, and we have, our chickens free range, so we have anywhere between 20 and 30 chickens at a time. Um 
we used to lose him to predators a lot, but we had our rooster. He's an excellent guard rooster, even though we fight sometimes. And uh, he, we haven't lost one since, but they get run over by cars sometimes because <laughs> modernization. But uh, yeah, so we have seven cows, around 20 to 30 chickens. And we're hoping to, we're debating on whether we want sheep or like a, like a farm pig, like a Ooh, pig we could just fatten up and, you know, butcher. When you guys found this homestead, I mean, it's a, if people watch your channel or follow you on Instagram, and we'll share all the links at the end here, um, definitely go and follow Sarah and everything they're doing. It is a beautiful, beautiful place. Tell me about what were you looking for when you found your homestead. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. We were looking for land. Honestly, like when we first started looking, we're like, all right, we want to look somewhere we can hunt. Um, we like a lot, Our freezers are primarily filled with hunted meat. So we're like, we want to look for a place we can hunt. And then we found this place that has like 20 acres of uh, tillable and like 30 acres of woods. And we're like, oh, this is perfect. We came here. Uh, the guy that used to own this place, his name is Chuck. He's amazing. Love him. He's my, my seven-year-old best friend. Um, and he kind of made us fall in love with the property because like I'm a big believer in like homes only as good as your neighbors kind of thing if you do have neighbors. Um, and the kind of the want for cows and the kind of wants for chickens kind of evolved in its own way. Like we didn't originally buy this place. We're like, all right, we're going to put grass fed cattle on here. We're going to get chickens. It, it like evolved as food got worse and worse. And like, well, my knowledge of food actually got like, my knowledge got better to see that the way the meat industry done the meat industry is done even kind of on like a small scale like grain feeding for instance like it's awesome and i i'd be lying if like i didn't say i still bought some grain-fed steaks from like a local farmer when i you know there's only so many steaks on the cow and we're not at butchering yet but i hate driving around where i live and seeing like all the monocrop dead land and just I really am like, man, we just need to get some animals on there, like get back into like regenerative agriculture. And I, it was just something that me and Ray became passionate about. And so our farm kind of evolved with us. It wasn't what we originally had planned for this place. Like we were just going to hunt and we're like, oh, we have all this front space. But uh, <laughs> it ends up being perfect. Like the guy that used to own this place made hay on it. So he... The hay we have here that grows grows fantastic because it used to be he used to grow hay on the fields and it's just it's kind of worked out great. What made you guys decide as a second in your second year of homesteading, let's get some Highland cattle? Well, we knew we wanted a durable breed. We wanted something that didn't need uh, infrastructure. Infrastructure. Um, we knew we wanted something that was grass fed and thrived on a grass fed diet. And Highlands are adorable. So we were like, this is like, because we used to send Highland cattle like pictures to each other on Instagram all the time. <laughs> and we're looking for cows. We were like, holy crap. Like, I think these cows are what we need. Like, we live in Cleveland. We're right by the uh, Lake Erie. Like, our weather here, I mean, you guys live up north, you know, our weather here is crazy. So we needed cows that were hardy. And like, our cows don't have a barn, they just have trees. Isn't like, that so nice? Oh, man. 
a lot of people are like, if you build Highlands of Barn, you'll get frustrated because they'll just stand next to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is one of the best things. I think when it comes to a homesteading breed, as we were doing our research, we do have a nice barn and it's full. It's got all the animals <laughs> we could possibly fit in it. And we wanted more beef, but we didn't. We couldn't have something that ever needed to get in the barn. And I think that's yeah. one of the things that makes it so nice for homesteaders is you can have this animal out there. He's got a shaggy coat on. He's he's happy. He's warm. Yeah, he's going to mm-hmm. be okay. And then you don't have to worry about building a big expensive barn. And then on top of that, maintaining it, cleaning. That's one thing I hate about having a barn. You got to clean it all the time. I don't want to clean. Yeah, it needs much. Like my friend has horses like 10 minutes from us. And I'm like, man, your amount of farm tours every day and mine are totally different. so different. Yep. No, if you're rotationally grazing, oh man, just moving them through the field, so much nicer. Yep. What Especially a- in the winter, like where uh, our past- our bigger pasture isn't quite seeded well enough to put the cows on it quite yet, and the ground hasn't completely frozen. So we just have them on hay. So we just put like a 750 square, you know, square bale of hay down, and they're good for days. Oh, like, yeah. We just kind of just, we uh, we had a castrate too yesterday, but, uh, and put, <laughs> We have to wean them, so we put those like gentle weaner things on their nose. Um, but so far, so good. Are yeah, you guys gonna be happy? Now I know you you grew up around farm animals. Uh, Ray, have any experience in farm life? <laughs> no, he grew up on like West One Hundredth in Cleveland, Ohio, like Bone Thugs and Harmony <laughs> district. Um, like a city boy, th- like his parents are from the city. He was from the city, and, uh, like, I asked him all the time, like, do you ever think about doing this when you were, you know, in your 20s? He's like, no. Like, if you would have told me I had a $30,000 or $20,000 tractor, I would have called you a liar. Like, (laughs) it's – I've totally converted him, like, as far as – I feel like if I could have made a partner on the internet, like, if I could have, like, build your own husband, like – Ray is just doing things that I, I love and I didn't know I loved. And he's just becoming that more and more and more as the <laughs> years go by. Like he was like, I think I'm going to get a Dickie flannel, like an insulated Dickie flannel jacket. I was like, yes, get that. That'd be <laughs> awesome. You would look fantastic. Um, but he has dove into this. Like, like he castrated our bulls yesterday. Like no he way. has, yeah, he just has dove into this and he, you know, he's a strong, capable dude. Um, and I feel like, yeah, pull Especially up, uh, kids, pull up a picture dude. of Ray. If anybody doesn't know who we're talking about, he's certainly a strong, strong dude. That is for sure. <laughs> he throws around full-grown men for a living and does it in multiples. So, like, pick up two dudes and check them. <laughs> he's awesome. So that's two dudes equal to, like, a small highland. Is that about the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a... He's, he's punched our bull before, for sure. <laughs> he's coming at us all what what was it like for you guys to make this transition into you know homestead life um you know kind of living off the land especially for your husband for ray just like never never being around this stuff was there a lot was it a heavy learning curve have you kind of slid right into things um yes and yes um like you kind of have to go into homesteading or any kind of farming, especially if there's been no like lane before you with like stupid amounts of blind faith. Like you have to almost be like a little disassociated from what could actually happen to start it. <laughs> <laughs> like, cause it is, 
it is not cost effective, especially at first. It takes a long time. So true. Um, and but like Ray, again, another passion we share is our food. So like when he when I was like, hey, I think this is the best way, and I think this is like the the healthiest we could be and our family could be, and like especially like when COVID stuff started happening, we were like, we were so thankful we did this, and we dove into it even more. Um, yeah, it was scary, but like it's so like worth it like not a lot of things especially nowadays are you able to like see what the work you're doing like if you work like a nine to five and you're working for like a bigger company you don't see the real work you're doing um even at wwe like you're you're part of a big community you're part of this entity that you'll never be as big at and here, like, I see what I do every day, every day. And I see it grow and I see that it's taken care of. And it, it, it gives you, like, a sense of purpose that I don't think you can find really with anything else, you know? Especially, like, when we harvest. And, you know, we're, we, we got these cows when they were, like, uh, our bull was, like, a year and a half. And we're, like, man, we... It's gonna be a long time before we butcher. Like if you do grass-fed animals, you're it's years of investment, and uh, that's like scary. To like, what if something happens? Right, where you're gonna butcher it, or like, what if? Big what ifs, oh, and yeah. you just kind of have to not think about them and just keep going. <laughs> I know you you mentioned your son there. Um, you got plans for him to to serve him liver and onions. How else, you know, how else is this homestead going to play into your son's life as he gets older? He's eating three pounds of dirt by the time he's two years old. He <laughs> is out here with the chickens all the time. We do farm trips a lot with him on my back. Like, he's he's going to be involved as he's going to let me keep him involved. You know, uh, I am, I firmly believe that, like, kids are meant to fall down, get hurt, and get dirty. So... I am excited. You know, he's he'll be ten months tomorrow, and uh, he's just now kind of like standing. But he loves it outside. He like loves the water. He loves. He's not like a scared child, which I'm I'm thankful for because uh, I'm a very aggressive person. <laughs> like I struggle with the thing every day of like, am I doing enough, or am I like getting him outside enough, or am I you know like. It's super, like it's 20 degrees here today. I'm like, man, I don't know if I should take him outside and it's super cold. But I feel like the fact that I'm worried about it means I hopefully am doing enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what would your advice be? You got uh, a thousand kids. I have a couple of them. You guys got a sure. football team over there. Honestly, I mean, homesteading for us has become such a part of just how we do everything with our kids right so at, at that age i mean 10 months old right so we 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 have videos and i've i've seen in some of your guys videos the same thing where he's in the backpack right you're wearing him in the backpack or in the front pack there and you're out there doing chores and he's he's playing with the animals and then you know as he's getting older he's he's by your side he's not helpful <laughs> It takes a long <laughs> yeah. time for them to actually be helpful. Now I'm, I'm fortunate. I have some really helpful homestead kids. But it plays such a part, I think, with, I mean, you know, we do we homeschool our kids. So they're here. They're learning on the, the farm all day. They're working. 
They're learning about science. They're learning about math. They're learning about stuff we never learn in school, you know, where our food comes from, actual like business skills. And each one of them has their different endeavors. You know, my son raises chickens and he's selling, he wants to sell the chicken breed. He's got some eggs to sell. My daughter's I like got Joe goats. Salatan mindset about it. Yeah. Like yeah. It. Yeah. So they all have their own little things. And I think, because I didn't grow up like this, right? And this is funny because for you guys, like you grew up with some farm background. Ray didn't. Kay grew up mm-hmm. here on this yeah, farm. Right. <laughs> I was in town. I wasn't, I wasn't in, you know, Cleveland, you know, thug life, but I was in town. Yeah, right. I, was, <laughs> I was away from anything like this. And I remember our house in town, uh, we had a little, you know, quarter acre plot or whatever it was. We had a backyard and a fence and there was, we had a really tall high fence. It was, you know, a seven or eight foot fence and you couldn't even see through it, but there was a strip of woods in between my house growing up and the next door neighbor. And I used to just imagine like, oh man, what's in that strip of woods? And Sarah, I'm not kidding you. This strip of woods was like 50 feet in between a neighbor and us. It was like the littlest strip of woods. But I used to just imagine. What a new world. Yeah, like if I could crawl through the fence, what would I find? And then I remember getting older and going to friends' houses. One of my friends lived off in the country and he had a couple acres of woods and just loving it. Just thinking like, oh man, this is the best. So... Now I have kids who have it, and they're all spoiled. They're spoiled farm kids. They're, ah, another cow birth. Okay, yeah, what is it, a cow, a heifer? Okay, good, whatever. So I don't know. Maybe if they have it, they don't love it as much. But um, I just, yeah, I think when you raise your kids on the farm, the lessons they learn, the work, the, the you know, just the connection with our food. Look at how um, in the world now the total disconnect between our food system and how that does lead to things like CAFOs, right? How that does lead to, um, you know, you don't mistreat your farm animal when you're the farmer. But yeah. if, if someone else is doing it by proxy, that allows for, you know, bad, worse things to happen. You, you would never do that to your cows. You would always give your cows the best you could possibly give and the best you could do. You know, as you look forward, as you and Ray look forward with your your son coming up, what plans do you guys have for the homestead? Where do you see it in, you know, five years and beyond? First of all, I feel for Kendra. I know how much it, how hard it is. And I don't know if she's used to it now because she'll have so many kids. But I know how hard it is for me to kind of slow down and be inside with the kids. So, Kendra, I commend you. (laughs) Um, But uh, we want to see out of our homestead that we don't need to go to the store about things we're not passionate about. If that makes sense. Like I'm not a, I don't grow things. I grow beef and meat and eggs. I don't grow. You know, I, I like mushrooms. I like to eat potatoes. I like to, you know, I like certain things that I'm not passionate about whatsoever. So I'm hoping in like five years, we're not buying meat anymore whatsoever. We're not, we wouldn't really have to leave here. If we didn't want to is, is, is the goal. I want to be more self-sufficient than we are now. Uh, that being said, we are pretty self-sufficient as is, but, uh, 
it's never enough. You know, I need a, I need more. So oh, yeah. hoping to get sheep and pigs and we might crossbreed some of our highlands to get a better fat content. Like there's lots of things we're mulling around in our heads right now. And uh, who knows a year, two months from now, I could want something completely different. So <laughs> that's cool. That's part of the fun. Uh, I think we're like, we're the same yeah. way. Every couple of years it changes, but we, that's one of the things we love about it. Like, this is what I think I want my homestead to be. We'll see what actually happens. Yeah, 10-year plans never work great for us for the homestead itself because it always yeah. – I mean, we have a beautiful, amazing six-month-out-of-year fruit orchard that's now in Connecticut, and here we are in Pennsylvania. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that's part I'm of the fun. Good. Yeah, I know. Sarah, uh, you guys have a ton of cool stuff to see between Instagram, between the YouTube channel. Tell everybody watching – uh, where can they find what you're up to and follow along on this uh, awesome journey you guys are up on? Yes, of course. Uh, I'll start with the biggest one, I guess. Uh, my Instagram is Sarah Rowe, just just my name. Uh, I'm better about posting stuff on there. Um, one of our like day to day stuff: farm, gym, babies, dogs. Um, and uh, we have a oh, all the chickens are running in the coop. Everything's okay. Um, uh, we have a YouTube channel uh, that we were heavy on, and we kind of let uh, teeter off a little bit, but we're coming back eventually. <laughs> I, I I commend you, Austin, about how how consistently you guys have dropped content because it's not easy. Um, and but that's Roseborg TV. Roseborg TV on YouTube is kind of like our day to day uh, wrestling farming. Uh, cash when he was a little younger and um and kind of our mindset behind the farm and everything um definitely want to get back on that so stay tuned for more episodes and uh <laughs> this would be a perfect time right? as we put this video out get a lot of new yes. new viewers it will it will be the perfect time i i remember watching homesteading and being like man if we could get with these guys one day that'd be sweet <laughs> it's here and i've not even updated on my youtube show like a jackass um <laughs> it takes me a while to edit you got at least a week get something out there okay um but yeah sarah Rowe on instagram roseborg tv uh on both instagram and youtube and my husband's Eric WWE. He's still a WWE superstar on Friday Night SmackDown. He's a big, scary Viking on TV with a really <laughs> large partner. And yeah, that, that's me. Awesome. That's what I got going on. Well, thank you so much. This was only half of the entire podcast that Sarah and I recorded that day. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll love the full-length extended version, which is available to Homesteady Pioneers. In that, we covered a little bit of health on the homestead. Sarah talked about eating a carnivore diet and how the homestead works along with that. Sometimes some days we just go full like carnivore-ish, kind of call it. Um, I have a, it's called a mast cell syndrome. So like I am not able to break down histamines in my body, so. She also shared some great tips on eating liver if that's something that you wanna do but haven't been able to figure out how to enjoy doing. <laughs> Put, um, everything in the food processor so i make i like i put like the whole liver in there and like grind it up and i make like a liver hash homesteady pioneers gain access to all the extended versions of our podcast plus they're invited to join us live when we interview guests and ask questions of the guests live 
that sounds like something you're interested in, click the box. It just appeared on the screen. Or if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, you'll find a link in the description of this podcast. Become a Homesteady Pioneer. You help us produce this show and in turn will instantly have access to all the extended versions of our podcast, which are about twice as long as the public versions that you get to watch here on YouTube. 